throughout Lent, throughout the month of March and, and Lent, really, we're going to spend time in the book of Exodus. Exodus um, is a time where the Israelites went into the wilderness, into where God was freeing them. You may recall in the book of Exodus, <clears throat> the Israelites were living in um, Egypt. They had followed Joseph there. And they had a great relationship with the Egyptians and, and Pharaoh, and they were welcomed in with open arms as, um, as Joseph's family was experienced drought in their family and they needed a place to go and to, to eat. And the Egyptians with Pharaoh said, come, stay here. And through the years, the Pharaohs changed. One died and new ones became, and no one died and new one became. And, and, they, and then as that time changed, as the Pharaohs changed, the Israelites grew larger and larger and larger and larger in number until one day this one Pharaoh looked around and said, wait a second, these guys are getting too big. If we don't do something, we don't stop them, they're going to come and overtake us. The Israelites didn't suggest they would. Pharaoh was afraid. So he said, I will do this. We'll make them slaves. And so he put the Israelites into slavery. And then they cried out to God, God, God. Don't you see us? And God sent Moses to tell Pharaoh, free my people. Free my people so they can worship the God. And Pharaoh said, who is this God? asking me to free my people. I declare war on this God. And there Pharaoh declared war on God. We'll pick up in the 12th chapter of Exodus where at the very end of this war, if you would, God is giving instructions to the Israelites on what they are to do to begin their journey into a wilderness, into the wilderness of freedom. I invite you now to listen to God's word. It comes from Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 through 14. If you'd like to follow along your pew Bible, you may. It's on page 58 in the Old Testament section. Listen to God's word. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month, this month shall mark for you the beginning of the months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Israel, that on the tenth of this month, they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb from each household. If a household is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join its closest neighbor in obtaining one. The lamb shall be divided into proportion to the number of people who eat it. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a year old male. One may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the month. Then the whole assembled congregation of Israel shall slaughter it at twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two, two doorsteps and the lintel of the houses in which they eat. They shall eat the lamb that same night. They shall eat it roasted over the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted over the fire with its head, legs, and inner organs. You shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything remains until the morning, you shall burn with fire. This is how you shall eat it. Your loins gurned, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, you shall eat it hurriedly. It is the Passover of the Lord. I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, 
And I will strike down every firstborn of the land of Egypt, from human to animal, and all of the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over. And no plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you shall observe it as a territory ordinance. Friends, this is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. A few years ago, a forest ranger in Wales described the most common question visitors asked his park rangers in his park. Now, most people come to the park to enjoy the beauty and, and the breathtaking sights as they hike through the forest. As forest rangers, they receive questions throughout the entire day. Interesting enough, though, the most frequently asked question is not about the, the trees or animal species. It's, it's not even, uh, where does this trail go? Or how long will this trail take to hike? They don't even ask, why do you bug spray? And no. The most frequently asked question to the ranger is, um, excuse me, can you tell me where the trail begins? No matter how breathtaking any trail may be, if you don't know where it starts, you can't hike it. And the Bible says our journey, our trail that we call freedom, begins with remembering. Remember this day says the Lord. Remember this very moment, says God. This nail-biting moment that Scott Black Johnson, the Presbyterian pastor, calls it. When death was in the air, the day you ate barbecue lamb while trembling on the balls of your feet. Remember this day. In fact, put this day at the beginning of your calendar. Put it at the start of the year. Organize your life around this day. This day is where your journey begins. This day is the start of the trail into the wilderness. This day is the beginning. This day is the place of eternal return. Always remember, this day is your starting point. Remember this day where people stood with hiking gear ready to go. Blood splattered over the door. Cries of horror in the background. This day should be a day of remembrance for you, says our Lord God. This day? This is the day that God calls us to remember? Why this day? I think the clues were in the words that we say at the very beginning of Lent, on Ash Wednesday, we mark our foreheads with ashes and other the words, remember you were dust, and dust shall you return. And these words mark the beginning of our journey through Lent. Lent is a journey through the wilderness, where we self-reflect on our life, and we reflect on the state of the world. And how we are participants in both the good and the bad that our nightly news brings. 
overlook the horrors of the world, is unfaithful to the season that we're in. To remember this day, as God commands us, is to not overlook the brutal, awful, and ugly events that occurred on that day of Passover. To do so would be unfaithful to this passage, unfaithful to our journey, unfaithful to what God is calling us to remember. At times, at times, we wanted to dismiss the Old Testament readings of the Bible. Like these. And we want to say things like, oh, this, all this bloody and gory events, this is the God of the Old Testament. Me, we say, me, I prefer the loving and the graceful God of the New Testament. Besides, isn't it about time we passed around this cult-like behavior and obsession with blood and gory and death? In our Lenten study this week, we, we talked about this very thing. People in the group reflected on our society's fear as a whole, especially when it comes to death. We reflected on how our society tries to avoid death at all costs, how our society tries to look past death and speaking about only happy times. So we do everything we can to not see death around us. We tell our children, uh, you're too young to attend the funerals. We bring balloons instead of urns. We, we avoid hospital rooms and nursing homes. And worst of all, we limit the imagination of death to Hollywood and video games. Somehow we have created the belief that if we talk about death, then death will happen. And you know what? We're right. Death will happen. Death always. So God says to you and to me, remember this day. Remember this day where there was blood and pain and death. Because there will be another day like this day. And you need to be prepared. Remember this day in preparation. There was a chaplain in Atlanta that each day went making his rounds. And every day he entered into room 205. And just like routine, he would be greeted by the elderly woman there. She was always a happy Christian. He called her his smiley Christian, always greeting the chaplain on, what a wonderful day, she would say. What a wonderful day. God is so good. God is so good. I'm so happy to see you, chaplain. Isn't God good today? On Ash Wednesday, this chaplain had a lunch break and went over to a local church nearby the hospital uh, for an Ash Wednesday service. He came back to church and I mean, came back to the hospital making his rounds. He went into room 205 and just like every day, the day before, uh, the woman greets him. Oh, God is so good. God is so good. What a beautiful day, chaplain. What a beautiful day. Isn't God so good without skipping a beat? She licked her finger and said, you got some dirt on your head. Let me wipe it off. No, no, he said. Ash Wednesday. This is the cross and ashes and oil. Oh, why would you do such a thing like that? She asked. He thought for a moment and he said, It's a sign. When life goes to hell, the power of God 
is still with me. She took a dry finger, reached up to his head, and she put some ashes on herself. She said, I need some of that. Thomas Lynch, the Roman Catholic writer and undertaker, suggests that we make a mistake when we protect our hearts from the raw feelings of death. Instead, he says, we should feel it. Don't run from it. Embrace it. Run towards it. Wade in it as deep as you can. Remember, you were dust. To dust shall you return. It's those words that prepare us to face our journey that would take us to a cross on Good Friday. A day where the words of remember are pronounced by Jesus. It's a somber day because our Lord Jesus Christ was hung, this body broken and his blood shed. In the backdrop of Jesus' death, there on the cross was the day that God called us to remember. The day of Passover. Christ's passion occurs during Passover. According to the Gospel of John, Jesus was killed at that very moment that the sacrificial lambs were being slaughtered and the blood was being sprinkled across the doorpost. Blood over more blood. Remember this day, God says. The six million Jews who died in the Holocaust, remember. The nearly seven million who have died of COVID, remember. The 3,400 blacks who were lynched in this country in the 20th century, remember. The 338,000 children that have experienced a school shooting in the last 20 years, remember. The war against Ukraine, the 60,000 estimated dead Russian soldiers, the 13,000 estimated dead Ukrainian soldiers, the 21,000 Ukrainian civilians casualties, and the thousands and thousands and thousands of Ukraine children that have been taken from their country unwarranted, remember. The 107,622 lives taken from drug overdose last year, remember. The 8,000 teenage girls that visit our emergency room for suicidal thoughts over the last 12 months, remember. The five deaths in Headingham, the Madal family, Tyree Nichols, remember, remember, remember. This is where God says our journey to freedom starts. It starts with remembering the brutality of our world, where we are given a choice to yell, crucify, crucify, or bend down and wash the feet of someone else. Toward the end of a conference on emerging biblical themes, Tech Sample and his friends, Jimmy Hope Smith and others were debriefing about the experience they have had during that, that week. And they got to one of those moments where someone in the group began to share about something that was very, very close. 
he began to talk about his family. His teenage son had been killed one night recently. He was just out with friends in a random drive-by shooting. His wife was unconceivable. A month after his son's death, this man described coming home to find her underneath their bed where she had taken the drugs that ended her life. The pain of this wife's death, on top of this random violence of his son, it consumed this man. Maybe you've been in one of those rooms before where what is getting talked about is so big, just so heavy, that you can't lift it. Jimmy Hope was sitting to this man's right, and he turned around to face this man, and he said to that man, I want to tell you something. I'm a deacon in my church. And I believe with the authority of God and by the power of Christ, I am promising you that God brings life. Every place of death, God brings life. With that, Jimmy Hope drew the sign of the cross on this man's chest. I want you to know that in your pain, God is coming to you. God is bringing you new life. That is the truth. You can trust that against everything else. You can trust that. easy to forget the cause is not simply or perhaps even primarily about making forgiveness possible. Jesus he had spent his entire ministry already forgiving lots and lots of people at this point. Rather the blood shed on the cross is about freedom. It's about the release from captivity. It's about establishing an open future. The cross reminds us that everything will not be okay. Does God want happy memories for us? Yes. Of course he does. A thousand times, yes, God wants happy memories for every one of us. But what God knows is, what the Bible tells us is, it's life is not always happy. God knows this because God's people experience this pain. And through Jesus Christ, God experienced this pain. God did not plan for that cross. But God does not plan for anything bad to happen to any one of us. But God knows. The scripture tells us bad things will happen, period. We can't stop it. Until heaven and earth are reconciled, pain, brutality, fear, and hatred will happen. And when all seems dark and lost, like there's no hope, God says to you and to me, remember this day, that terrible night, when blood was splattered over the door, when Jesus' body was shed for the world, as that same world cried out, crucify. Crucify. Remember that night, God said. Because that night is not the end. That's the beginning. Because if we stare stick around long enough, what we will find 
on the other side of the cross is an empty tomb where death and hatred were no match for the life and the love of God. This empty tomb is the hope and the joy that we seek. This is where we find freedom in the joyous memories that God wants for every single one of us. This is the kingdom of God. We can taste the bread and taste the wine. It feels God's love in the air. That moment right there is Jesus at work, bringing us closer and closer and closer to the joy of the resurrection. Somewhere in between the pain of that cross and the joy of that empty tomb is where we spend the most of our lives. That is the Christian trail where we wander in the wilderness yearning to go home. It is this space between the pain of the cross and the joy of the resurrection that Jesus makes his home on earth there on that trail along with each and every one of us. I am not sure where you find yourself in this Lenten trail this year. Whether you find yourself closer to the cross and the pain that the cross brings. Or you find yourself closer to that empty tomb and the joy of the resurrection. But this is my advice to all of us this Lenten journey. For all of us, we find ourselves closer to the pain of the cross than the joy of the resurrection. If that is where you find yourself this morning, tell someone. I said it here before and I'll say it again. Tell someone. This is a safe place to tell your pain. Because in this place, every one of us have been commanded by God to remember what that pain felt like. And if you find yourself experiencing that cross this morning, I want you to know that in your pain, God is coming to you. That God is coming to you, God is bringing to you new life. That is the truth, and you can trust that. Against everything else, you can trust that. You can trust that. And for all of us who find ourselves on the other end, closer to that joy of the resurrection than the pain of the cross. We are happy for you. God is happy for you. Now find someone who is not. Listen to the cries of the world this Lenten season. Hear the mourning of the mothers and the fathers whose children are lost. Hear the words of this world yell, crucify, crucify, and let us dare not run away from it. Not if we believe in the gospel, we don't. If we believe in the gospel, we run right towards the death. Trusting that Jesus is already there. 
And then we point to that light. We point to the love. We point to the hope and to the peace of Jesus Christ in that room. We point to that love that this broken and beaten down world so desperately needs. Take. Eat. This is my body broken for you. Remember this day. Drink from this cup. This is a new covenant sealed by my blood, shed for you. Remember this day. This day is our starting point. Because every time you drink from this cup and you eat from this bread, you are proclaiming, loving, freeing, saving grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.